You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'd like to give you credit for actually doing it because we're still in the resolution danger zone where... (laughs) If you're anything, if you're a sickle like me, you can rationalize like, eh, yeah. I could still get a couple more days out of the. Yeah, we'll start year. that on the fifth. Yeah, 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 something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Co- congratulations, cousin Sal and Bill Simmons podcast was like, yeah, the resolutions don't start till the fourteenth. So you, you got you got two weeks to recover from the holiday. Uh, yeah, um, Preston, I didn't ask you if you had any. Uh, no, I didn't. I don't have don't have any written down. Um, obviously, there's a collective healthier concept and an idea mm-hmm. but uh I, I'm, I'm working through that Wes nah I uh <laughs> yeah I, as always like I mean I go through phases where I I eat better this time of year anyway and then I sort of just let myself go around the holidays and <laughs> I, I'm with Preston though I, I gotta get all this stuff out the house is my thing like if mm-hmm. I don't have snacks if I don't have sweets in the house I'm fine if I have easy access um like we haven't really started the eating healthy thing yet because there's still like candy, mm-hmm. um, chocolate chip cookies are still at the house, which is that's why you got to eat it all in one night so it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you just got to binge. And Car- then just Carolyn, be done with my it. wife walked by me yesterday with the kids. Like Santa brought them a a bag of uh, Albanese gummy bears each. Mm, good Santa. Are, the, the, but yeah, great <laughs> Santa. And uh, she walked by me with them last night. Both bags like just passed by me in the kitchen. <laughs> I was like, get away, <laughs> throw those out, put them away, out of sight. That's good. My New Year's resolution is to eat worse, uh, <laughs> sleep less, swear more. That's what mm. I'm trying to do this year. All of those things are going to be hard to do because I already... Well, anyway. Uh, how was Jacksonville? It was fun. A lot of Gamecocks down there. Great atmosphere. Great game. I saw, I think, everybody ever that we've ever known was in Jacksonville. Um, almost. It was a combination of just like seeing people say, hey, you know, looking forward to going to Jacksonville. And then also hearing the like three straight days of traffic reports. I was like, is I mean, I asked you guys, is there going to be the first tumbleweed sighting in Columbia ever? It didn't feel as empty as I thought it was. But it, it in all seriousness, it sounded like a home game. Did it feel like a home game? It, it, it felt like a home game with maybe a rival opponent. In that, um, you know, a home Clemson game, maybe. Yeah, like there ended up being a, a good amount of Notre Dame people there as well. Now there are definitely more South Carolina people, and it was probably one of the more well attended games. You know, just watching on TV. Uh, you know, half the bowl games don't really have great crowds, and uh, it kind of felt it didn't feel like a college football playoff game, but it felt like uh, a game that mattered. It felt like a game that the fans were invested in, the players that were there were heavily invested in it. And uh, really, it was two pretty evenly matched teams. Lots of big plays, lots of offense. I mean, 
the happiest people in the entire area of Jacksonville had to have been the Gator Bowl reps because um, two pretty good opponents, a name team in Notre Dame, an up-and-coming program in South Carolina, a great crowd. I imagine probably pretty good ratings. Like it was, it, it was everything you would want for from a bowl game. Is the Notre Dame crowd are they like a wine and cheese type of crowd? You know, or were they were they offended by our antics, <laughs> or do they get into the game? Not so uh, where we were sitting, not very many Notre Dame fans at all. Um, they they were a pretty laid back bunch yeah. before the game. Like I, I really didn't hear much trash talking mm-hmm. before. Um, there was a, there was a little bit of trash talking near our section, but it was more like it, it had gotten to the third or fourth quarter and people had just been, um, enjoying, uh, the, uh, the liquid courage all day long. Um, so there's a little bit of going back and forth, but for the most part, they, uh, you know, expect the Gamecocks won the tailgate as always, because I didn't, I didn't expect there to be as many Notre Dame fans in the game as there actually ended up being just walking around outside the stadium, it mm. felt like there was garnet everywhere before the game. I, I I looked up in the stadium at one point and I was like, God, like there's like there were a lot of people there at the beginning, but I kind of just happened to look up and around and I was like, wow, there are a lot more people here than I thought. It's mm. maybe a little bit of a late arrival, you know, in terms of the crowd. Did y'all see what the attendance was listed at for the game? No. I- 67,383. Did, wow. that, did, that, did that feel true? Yeah, I would say so. Do you think so, Wes? What's, like, I, I don't what's know, capacity you know? there? Like 70, 75? Well, I looked up and I was like, this place is almost full, Okay, which wow. I was kind of surprised. And, you know, that is actually, this is according to Google, 67,383. The Sugar Bowl was 60. Hmm. So I, I don't have a, like, printout in front of me of, you know, what is the, you know, what, What's the highest attended bowl game so far? The lowest, but that's got to be one of the highest. Well, and I'm I'm almost less interested in the bowl game now. Here's here's the research that I need. When was the last time that many people were there for a Jags game, <laughs> if ever? Like they maybe that year they went to the AFC Championship game. But one of the know. funniest moments was um, in Jacksonville. They played. You read uh, my mind. You know the quarterback obviously is Trevor Lawrence. And they played like this promo video on mm-hmm. the the big their big screen is the entire width of the end zone. Wow! Like on it's both not, end zones. On both end zones, wow. it's not the tallest. It's still tall, but it is mm-hmm. the entire width. And so they play this promo for Trevor Lawrence, and everybody booed <laughs> like the entire time. <laughs> it was awesome. Great. That That's was probably my good. favorite moment of the day. That's <laughs> that was really funny. That and the OD Fortune pick six. Yeah. yeah so uh, I, I threw this out. I've mentioned this before. Um, I text, I don't know if I texted you. I can't remember if I texted the group or if I just texted Preston. And I even asked Tyler earlier. Um, we'll talk about more specifics of the game and just kind of what exactly to do with the game. But since you mentioned it, was this the first time that a team has thrown a pick six going into the end zone and won the football game? Because my theory is that no one has ever won throwing a pick six going into the end zone. I think about the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I think about Carolina in that Missouri game a couple of years ago. Like every time that happens, that is just the like the most backbreaking form of a momentum swing. And when that happened, I was like, here we go. Like Notre Dame can't win. And then they they found a way to eke it out. Is that can y'all ever remember a game where that happened and the team won? I I'm sure it has happened at some point, but I, I can't pinpoint that for you. I will say this the thing about that play that was tough for South Carolina, obviously you'll take that play anytime you can get it, but the defense had already been on the field mm. for 
it seemed like the entire second half. And then, you know, a perfect world, you almost, almost wish he got drugged down at the 15 and then everybody regrouped and you ran out there and at least ran a few plays on offense and then scored. Um, you don't get quite the momentum shift that you get with that, but it, it felt like as soon as Notre Dame got right back on the field, they went right back to the ground game. They were pounding away at South Carolina. That's been a struggle for this defense for much of the season. And, um, you know, Notre Dame, I, I felt like even though they lost the momentum, they just went right back to what they were doing. I feel like the quickest way to uh, kind of destroy momentum that a team against you has sort of captured is to be able to run the football and sort of just um, almost kind of take their will almost. Yeah, and, it's just uh, like putting a it's like putting a wet blanket on the fire. Like, all right, calm down, relax. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly how it felt to me. And I was sitting there, I was watching the time and I can't remember exactly how much was left when they took over this drive, but they were, I think they had an explosive run to start the drive, but then they were, they were using, if you look at it from a like downs sequence, they were using the full two or three downs to get the first down. And you're like, all right, that sort of resets how much time they can take off the clock. And I was sitting there doing the math and I was like, they may very well, check this thing all the way down and then basically kick an extra point as time ex expires mm -hmm. to end it when they went play action um, and threw the touchdown pass, the throwback to the tight end. I actually was like, that may not even be the worst case scenario because mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking Carolina wasn't even going to touch the ball again. And um, so it, it just, it felt like one of those things where Notre Dame, even with what had just happened to them, they remained composed. They remained, um, you know, in control of that game. That 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 throwback, tight end screen, whatever you want to call it, that was a tremendous call. That was one of those calls where you just have to shake the other dude's hand and just say, you know, you you got us on that one. That was a well executed, great call, great time. Mm -hmm. As soon as I saw it developing, I was like, ah, and I knew he was going to walk in. So that was a great call. There's nothing really you can do on that one. Yeah, uh, I want to circle back to the idea just about how long Carolina was on the field because I have it right in front of me. That was a six-play drive before the pick six and the following drive, like you mentioned, West was 12 plays. So that is a lot of time with no rest for the defense. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other uh, highlight moments from the game, and there are a lot of them on both sides of the ball. Again, it was just a very, very entertaining game, and then I'll try to get Wes and Chris to put this game neatly in a box to try to help us figure out exactly what to do with this, how to contextualize this game properly. 803-404-6100, Love Chevy phone line, Firehouse Subs text line, all of us on Twitter. See if I can do this in one breath again. At Pearson Fowler, at Wes Mitchell GC, at Coach P Tweets, at GC Chris Clark, at Tyler Head 18. Full house. Good job. We continue on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour next. The early game with Bill Gunter and Jen Jensen. You know, you look at the way they recruit and you can kind of make your mark. Hello. No, I was listening. I was I was listening to Red's take on the whole situation. Exactly. That was a very in that was a very spirit. Well, either Red either Red completely disagreed with you or was behind you cheering. That's my dad. That's a great point, Dad. You keep making that point. He's getting bad, man. He's like he follows me outside <laughs> and then he wants a treat. And he barks until I give him a treat. And half the time he keeps barking. So I don't know. It sounds like working with Bill first thing every it is, morning. It is kind of. I, Jen, I, I really I, uh, bother Jen until I get a treat each and every morning. So I He begs a lot. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game.
This is Damon Amendolara with your CBS Sports Minute. Sponsored by Angie, it's easier than ever to get home projects done well. Get started at Angie.com. The New Year's Six Bowl games have built programs almost single-handedly in recent years. And now maybe Tulane is next after that thrilling 14-point comeback over mighty USC. This is Damon Amendolara. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Here's to Prilosec OTC. Without Prilosec, I wouldn't be able to enjoy all this yummy holiday food. Speaking of, whoever made that apple pie, delicious. I just take one pill each morning and zero heartburn all day. So cheers to Prilosec OTC. Ooh, are those jalapeno poppers? Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid that can cause heartburn, so you can enjoy the holidays. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use it directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. When your business information is missing or inconsistent across the internet, search engines won't find you, and customers won't either. Help ensure customers see you and not your competitors. Boost your findability. Cumulusboost.com. C-U-M-U-L-U-S boost.com. The demand for your used car is at an all-time high, and it's never been worth more. Herndon Chevrolet needs your trade. We'll buy your car, even if you don't buy ours. And to prove it, we're willing to beat any written offer by $500. That's right. We'll beat any written offer by $500. Visit Herndon Chevrolet today. Herndon Chevrolet. Herndon makes you want to smile. Hey, if you've got a hole in your roof or you need a whole new roof, you need to call Mid-State Roofing, 356-1919. For nearly a quarter of a century, Mid-State Roofing has established its reputation as the leader in the roofing industry. Whether it's above your head or at your feet, perhaps a leaky foundation, 356-1919 is the number to call for all your roofing and waterproofing needs. The quality and craftsmanship of a mid-state roofing system are tops in the industry, especially commercial and industrial roofing systems. If you own or you're in charge of a large building, warehouse, or industrial facility, then you're in charge of that roof. And at some point, a roof is going to need some attention. So the number to call for advice, service, results, and a commitment to customer satisfaction is 356-1919. See all that MidState has to offer when you click on midstateroofing.com. Tell them, MidState twins. If you have a leak, let MidState Roofing take a peek. 356-1919, midstateroofing.com. I never write reviews, but Navaj is so amazing, I had to leave one. Nothing's ever cleared out my sinuses as well. I'm blown away by how Navaj works. That's a review from Carrie, and it's one of over 100,000 online testimonials praising Navaj. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navaj Nasal Care, and I've talked about flushing out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs. How Navaj's powered suction can help you breathe better. And how your nose is the body's air filter, and Navaj will clean it out. But don't take my word for it. What do people like Chad say, who wrote, Navaj has helped clear out my nasal passages every single night. My wife says my snoring has gone way down. Snorefest be gone, unquote. 
Navaz is the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million customers to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navaz is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navaj, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 1075 The Game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11-19 Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Wes Mitchell, Preston Thorne, Chris Clark, Tyler the producer, all here in the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game talking Gator Bowl. And now the offseason can officially begin, right? Because we haven't had enough offseason news already. Uh, but South Carolina's 2022-23 season is officially over. We still now await decisions from Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, to carry on Joyner, announced over the weekend that he was going to return for his final year at South Carolina. Rashad Amos now in the transfer portal. A uh, lot of personnel things to dig into as well, but we'll continue talking about the Gator Bowl here because I'm ashamed of all of us for not thinking of this. Jason hits us here in the Firehouse Subtext line. Appreciate it, Jason. As the pick six came from a guy named O'Donnell Fortune, if that's not a sign that the Irish would win, then what is? <laughs> well, he did. He he found a pot of gold on the. Uh, <laughs> he threw it right to him. How did we not think of that, guys? That's pretty good. O'Donnell Fortune. Yeah. Hey, so Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame quarterback, had. One of the most up-and-down games I've ever seen. Normally, when you ha- say a guy, man, that quarterback, he threw three picks and two pick sixes, you're like, <laughs> that is horrible. Yeah. Like, he must have had the worst game ever. But, I mean, that was really – that was his, the truly bad play he had in the game. I mean, it's a bad read. Carolina had a really good call on for that play, just uh, like a robber kind of concept. Um, the other one, he made a bad decision trying to – pitch the ball on the mm-hmm. run, threw it behind the the uh, intended receiver, and then it got batted up, and then and then Boogie Huntley batted the other interception, mm-hmm. right, um, that ended up in D.Q. Smith's hands. So those are three bad plays. But, dude, other than that, I was super impressed. It's kind of hard to say, other than the three picks. <laughs> but, like, he made some – he was a huge difference maker in the game. Like, his ability to run the football, mm-hmm. um, especially down in the red zone, really hurt Carolina. He could extend plays. He – he got off of several throws like just in time and he dropped some absolute beautiful balls. Um, you know, the one touchdown throw on the corner out was just, mm-hmm. just a great throw. So he, he was impressive. I mean, I, that it was, I would say better than I expected. And I think that was a significant difference in the game that, and obviously like Wes hit on Notre Dame's ability to, to run the ball. Right. I mean, like running the ball successfully against South Carolina isn't necessarily like the marker of a great offense or even a spectacular individual offensive uh, offensive performance because pretty much everyone has had success running the ball against Carolina this year. So estimate, you know, carrying for seven yards a carry or, or you know, even Logan Diggs who had a nice outing. But Buckner, like 12 carries, 61 yards, like five yards a clip. That's good. But to your point, Chris, it felt like every time he carried it, it was – back breaking it was like a third down conversion you mentioned the reds the the first 
touchdown was, I guess, a designed run. It looked like a QB draw. The second one, I, I can't remember if that was a scrambler or a design run um, as well, or maybe some kind of option play. But point is, every time, it, it felt like, like Carolina felt like they could have survived even with Estime and Diggs having good games. But what put Notre Dame over the edge was what Buckner added. And it's like, I'm not going to say you forget because I think everybody read and talked about enough that he was the starter at the beginning of the season, but you understand why. And there are some limitations there. Uh, more than anything, I was just impressed that he was able to come back and play at that level, having not played in like four months. We had Mike Singer from uh, Blue and Gold um, on, I guess, the podcast on Thursday, Wednesday, something like that. And we were asking him about Buckner, right? You know, what do you expect? And he's just like, I have no idea. He's like, how can you really know what to expect from the guy when he has not uh, played in so long? And, you know, it's going to be probably a completely different skill set than what they were used to seeing at, at Notre Dame's quarterback position. But he warned us, all right, this guy can can hurt teams with his legs. I was surprised with just how accurate some of his throws were and some situations where Carolina had, you would probably say, not perfect, but good, solid coverage, and he just put the ball where he needed to. I thought he showed some great touch on a couple of throws and just kind of dropped them in there. And that was the maybe the thing I didn't account for going in because really, how could you? But right. um, I, I thought it could be high scoring. I thought Notre Dame was going to be able to run the football. I thought Carolina would get a little bit more out of their actual offense. Um, come to find out, their scoring came you know from the pick sixes. You had a situation where they were going to kick a field goal. They they hit the touchdown down the middle to um, to their snapper, which is um, something I don't know if I've seen before. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was a situation where you kind of uh, – it played out in some ways like we thought, but in other ways, as always with college football, not quite exactly the way we thought. And I thought Buckner was the biggest difference for them in the game. I thought a lot of the other things played out the way you might expect on paper. Some key stats, like, as we know, those can be liars. A box score can be a big liar. But when you when you look at this thing, Notre Dame, 11 of 19 on third down. 19 third downs. Mm. South Carolina lets them convert 11. And that came in a variety of ways. Sometimes it was third and one, third and short. But sometimes it was third and 12, third and seven. Uh, 57%, I think, is that mark. South Carolina on the other side, five of 15, which is 33%. Notre Dame. Uh, 5.7 yards a carry on 264 yards rushing. On the other side, South Carolina had just 65 rushing yards, three yards a carry, and then the penalties were doubled up. South Carolina with eight penalties, and some of those were in, you know, key moments. Mm. Uh, Juice had, what, like half of his yards for the game on his first carry? Which, by the way, did y'all know that Juice had changed his number? Did hey, I guess y'all have probably seen that in practice. Juju, you mean? I mean, Juju. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Juju. Yeah, we saw that in practice. That's yeah. I love that. Man, like, don't you, let the door hit you on the way out. If you ever need a reminder <laughs> of who can get this number when you're out of here, um, I saw the one was taken, the zero was taken yep. also. Mm-hmm. Man, hey, listen, that just this you. How long have you been practicing? You've been eyeing this one on my chest <laughs> for this whole time. You've been yeah. like, man, as soon as Wes leaves, I'm gonna get that second chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was fat. I, I I laughed out loud when I saw that. Yeah. Well, I was jo- not not joking. I was I was asking you guys who is the who's the player that people are gonna watch and have to like refer to the roster because, you know, because everyone's having to play that wasn't necessarily playing this year. But I didn't realize it was going to be all the familiar faces that it's like, oh, n- new number there, new number there. I thought it was weird. And you've talked about what the number does to like a player's look. 
I thought DQ kind of looked like Marshawn wearing number one. Is that weird? <laughs> Did they have the same body? Uh, well, it's just maybe you're just used to seeing it. Um, and he was previously in 27, correct? Yeah, that right. Yeah, 27 right. is a tough number to make work as a DB. So that was definitely a freshman number that they gave him. Mm -hmm. And if he hadn't performed the way he performed all year, I don't think he would have been eligible for number one. <laughs> so him getting the number one, I was like, oh yeah, that it fits now. He that can, is true. He Vic can carry Hampton, it. the only 27 I can think of. Who? Vic, Vic, Vic Yeah, Vic made it work. But it's, it's there a, were not a lot. It's, it's a tough, it's think. tough to make it work. I know DQ had a pick six. I don't really like one on him. though. I don't think he should wear one next year. I don't know, man. He got the pick six. But one Come. was RJ Roger, right? Maybe that's why I don't like it. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, not a good yeah, number it, for safety. It was one, but he inherited that. He was ten for most, he most 10. of his career. He took one um, from JJ. JJ was one for <laughs> just like a season. Yeah. Because, hey, y'all know who was one before that? Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Who? <laughs> yes. Didn't JC wear one? See, yeah. JC, I'm pretty sure was eight to start his. He career. was seven, and yeah. then yep, moved right. to one. Yep. Um, the one has been well traveled in the last mm -hmm. five years. I guess you got to earn one. I kind of like one on on DQ, and if he keeps making plays like that, yeah. um, <laughs> he definitely should be one. Should Juju keep zero? See that? I I kind of like Juju in twenty one. I agree. He looks like a twenty one. Hmm. Zero, you have. I I didn't even like zero on uh Jim. I mean, yeah, see, he's not here. He can't remember his name. I, I didn't even like. His, I didn't even like zero one. I feel like zero. You have to be a little more round. Yeah, yeah. I like zero like, on a D lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we have to, we have to, has to shape. I was gonna say maybe Elkins will wear zero or something, but nah, the zero has to shape you. Hmm. You know, you well, have to follow the your, your stomach should follow the curve. Wyatt Campbell should wear zero. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it would work for him. Um, the the number means something though. Like, like Jake Bentley was never the same when he switched to number four. He should have been 19 forever. Like, the, the there is yeah. power in the number. There is. I, f I firmly believe that. So that was, that took a little bit of getting used to. Not to mention a bunch of guys that were sort of unfamiliar faces anyway. Um, I, I want to get into, well, we'll keep talking about the game. 803-404-6100. Um, Preston, I want you to kind of think of two evaluations. If, if uh, unless you think it's just um, an unnecessary exercise. But I, I'm curious to get your evaluation of the defensive performance just like in a vacuum in this game, and also how you would evaluate the defensive performance considering you're down, Reed, Rush, Smith, all those guys. Um, 803-404-6100. A few more thoughts as we continue on here. Um, before we do, against all odds, I have remembered to do something that I am supposed to do, and that is give away basketball tickets. So here we go. Go ahead and be caller number five at 803-404-6100. If you would like a pair of men's basketball tickets, you go see the Gamecocks take on Tennessee this Saturday at 3.30. Caller number 5, 803-404-6100. You win a pair of tickets to go see Carolina, Tennessee this Saturday at 3.30. 803-404-6100. Good luck. More of the Extra Point coming up next on 107.5 The Game. At the Samuels Reynolds Law Firm, we know how serious injuries change people's lives. I'm Jason Reynolds. When you're involved in a major car or truck accident, my team is on your side. You don't have to be alone. Let's do this together. And I'm Stephen Samuels. When you're hurt at work, my team is with you from start to finish. We're people with a passion for helping injured workers. Bring your case to us and stop the worrying. We've got this. Samuels Reynolds. True injuries, true lawyers. 
4000 Locally owned Atlantic Windows and Doors has been making Columbia area homes more comfortable, attractive, weather tight, and energy efficient for over 35 years. How? By distributing products from the best window and door manufacturers in the country. These products give you the best looks, the best quality, and the best value, all based on your specific needs. And everything is professionally installed by their dedicated and experienced employees, not subcontractors. Atlantic Windows and Doors. Visit them online at awdsc.com. Hey, who wants to make a resolution they can keep? Let's resolve to eat better pizza. Come on, you can do it with the Mellow Mushroom Pizza Bakers. Let's start slow with the crust. We'll hand toss that spring water dough just for you. Then add the freshest ingredients and serve it hot. Now, lift it, lift it. You're doing it. It's a change of pizza lifestyle. Happy New You from the Mellow Mushroom in the Vista and on Sunset in Lexington. Keith here with the mortgage guru, Jacob Crowder from First Palmetto Bank. And if the new year has you building or buying a new home, you need a guru in this market. First Palmetto Bank is owned and operated here in the Midlands, and Jacob has local decision makers, which means quick and precise processing and underwriting. If you're looking to make a move, give Jacob a call, 803-719-1005, or email him at jcrowder at firstpalmetto.com. Thanks, Heath. Interest rates have stabilized. The local housing market also has stabilized. Now is a good time to buy a house. At First Palmetto, we have products that help homebuyers keep payments down. Also, if you are considering building your future home, please ask me about our no-nonsense construction loans. The new year brings change, and if I can help you, please give me a call, 803-719-1005. So to follow up, rates in the housing market are stable, which makes now a good time to buy. I'd say that sums it up. Great. Call Jacob Crowder today, 803-719-1005. My NMLS number is 198432. First Palmetto Bank is a member of FDIC and any clause and lender. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Eleven thirty-three Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Wes, Preston, Chris, Tyler here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios. A lot of Gator Bowl talk today. Also, a couple of exciting semifinal games. We'll talk about that, and of course, a lot of personnel decisions pending. A few people making decisions over the weekend. A few guys, uh, I guess, just taking to social media to remind fans that they aren't going to be back because they weren't going to be back anyway. Um, the, uh, the the social media announcements are are at a peak right now. Well, I have to hope that they're at a peak because they can't go up, right? Like every single player is like, after his freshman year, he's like, I've decided to return for my sophomore season. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, I guess because everyone's just assuming that everyone's going to transfer. Anyway, lots of uh, player movement that we'll continue to get into, but a few more thoughts here on the Gator Bowl, um, even though that was a couple days ago. haven't had a chance to talk about it since then. Preston, it was... Uh, you gave up a lot of yards. You gave up a lot of points. It wasn't what you would call a good defensive performance, I don't think. Um, how do you evaluate it in a vacuum? And do you take into consideration all the players that were missing? You have to take into consideration that players were missing because that's who the defense was to this point. The statistics say that it wasn't a great defensive performance. However, I saw my favorite play from Alex Hunley this, uh, that game. I hadn't seen... One of my big kind of hesitancies for Alex, I hadn't seen a lot of twitchiness from him. Mm. And to see him run down the quarterback and get that get that sack, that mm-hmm. shoestring sack, that was a great play. I thought I thought Jordan Birch was extremely disruptive during that game, 
which is something he had he's been off and on during throughout the season. But this game, he was doing stuff that showed up in the stat sheet and off the stat sheet. So I say all that to say, like, yeah, I don't know. They 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 did give up a lot of points, but in individual spots, I thought they played pretty well. And you scored a lot of points. But so, even and on top of that, they yeah. they were a scoring defense. Do you just take those away? So Notre Dame scored 45 points, but the defense scored 14. So did Notre Dame really only score 31 points? You could play that game if you would like. Yeah. If you're a defensive <laughs> coach. Wes, do you like that? Uh, I, I don't like, I don't think it's one-to-one. Like you just get to subtract them, but <laughs> I think you get some bonus points maybe for. Okay. Bonus. You, you score but but not as many as you scored. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Interesting. And anytime you get turnovers, I think you get some. Some bonus points. And yeah, you get definitely. bonus bonus points if you take it to the house. And bonus 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 points if you win the game, which unfortunately didn't the happen. The ultimate bonus points. Um, let me ask you then, Chris, what do you do with this game? You know, I don't think you can do a lot with it, win or lose, um, in just recognizing the circumstances. Um, I think generally, I mean, my first question after the game was kind of like, how is the Gamecock fan base, like as a collective, going to take this? And it ended up landing, I think, about what we thought and that people are not giving a bunch of irrational overreactions mm-hmm. to the game or, or even just that upset, right? Like yeah. after, so to take it back to the regular season, people being v- upset, very upset after the Missouri game, after the Florida game. Those were understandable. Yeah. Even then, they kind of went too far. Like, fire everybody. You know, I mean, you get some of those in this irrational. People didn't conduct themselves after this game because I think, <clears throat> you know, contextualizing it and putting it in its proper perspective, you recognize, gosh, South Carolina had a lot of guys out, right? And it was still a close game. It still went down to the last couple possessions. It, it was a good team that they were playing. And it was, I had somebody make a great point to, to me actually this morning that said, it was a Gamecock fan, so he said, hey, hate we lost, mm-hmm. but they fought the whole time. I understand the circumstances in the game, and I feel a heck of a lot different than I did than after the Belk Bowl against Virginia in 2018 when I was physically ill almost. That's what, that's what somebody told me. So <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, that makes sense. It's it's the least emotional response I've seen from any game this year. It Preston, how much of it is just because it was fun? Like nothing about the Florida game was fun. Nothing about the Missouri game was fun. E- like even if you're a Florida or Missouri fan, those games just kind of like suck to watch. This game was awesome. If you were just like Dave from Idaho and you're a college football fan, you're like that was a great time. That's that's the one hundred percent takeaway that I had. I, I always try and say if I was a neutral observer, not having any stake in this game, how would I feel about watching this and? You watch South Carolina, they're cool, they're throwing fakes, there's pick sixes, they play this song and they wave the towels around. <laughs> What's going on here? They got a cool coach on the sideline. It looked like something, now if I step into being somebody who has a vested interest, somebody who's an alum, somebody's a former letterman, I felt proud to have that product on TV at that mm-hmm. time against Notre Dame. So, yeah, it was a, it was a win, 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 win for everybody involved. So this, you, don't, you don't just throw this in the trash. And you don't put it on your mantelpiece. You put it in a shoebox, and then you put it in the back of your closet. You don't like totally forget about it. You know it's there, but in like five years, you're like, oh, it's probably time to get rid of this." 
that's it. That's exactly it. like when did why do we keep this? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we did. We did enjoy that time. Yeah. Assuming everything assuming everything continues to go the direction that Shane Beamer intends and the Carolina fans frankly are expecting at this point. This is a game that's it's not a it's not a launching port for you. Because I've said before, like it didn't really have much to do with the last 12 games we watched. And it's not going to have much to do with the next 12 games we watch. But it happened, so it means something. But it doesn't seem to have a big impact. It, I, I'm encouraged to see that it doesn't seem to have had a big impact on the fan base in terms of what they're thinking about for next year. It was almost just like getting there. And maybe it would have been different if Carolina lost 45-21. to 21. But the fact that the game played out where you had the ball at the end. And like, I mean, Juice like kind of almost came down with that ball somehow. Yeah. Like came up, like tipped it up in case somebody was there. Yeah. Um, it, it was, and it looked crazy. like he was just going to like Odell it for a second. And I was like, I don't, I would not be surprised if Juice did that, <laughs> who otherwise had a pretty quiet game. But I mean, you, you, you were right there. You gave yourself every opportunity. Um, yeah. So like all four of us are sit, sitting here like moral victory, but I think it just doesn't really matter because it was an exhibition game. Yeah. I mean, you just got to take it for, for what it was, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like you think of that belt bowl to use that, not to rehash that too, too much for the mm-hmm. listeners. That's not a good experience, but you remember the conversation on that, that was a little bit earlier in the bowl game opt out era mm-hmm. trademark. Um, and so Debo set that game out, remember? And so after it, it was, well, <laughs> first of all, they got shut out, you know, they looked totally unprepared. You had a player opt out. You know, you're not doing a good job with this and that. And they, it was just a boring game. They didn't, they didn't perform well. It's like 30 to nothing or 21 to nothing or something. I don't even remember the score. I remember nothing for, for Carolina. <laughs> so now contrast that with this game. Now you could make an argument. Well, well they didn't look very prepared like defensively because they gave up 558 yards. But you dive in and you go, okay, you're missing both starting corners. You're missing Zach Pickens, who's an NFL player. That means you move Tonka outside because you're already super thin there, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, and, and you're playing a lot of backups. You've had defections on the offensive side of the ball. You're playing a good team, and it was an exciting game where you made some plays, and, and it came down to the end. So I think you just looked at all those, all those different factors. It kind of like, remember the Auburn game that Spurrier got mad at the fans for clapping after it when they lost? Oh, yeah. Like he was very upset about that. <laughs> it's a lot different than that, but it kind of like reminded me after where Gamecock fans are obviously disappointed about losing the Gator Bowl, but they're kind of like, it does show that the people that were on the field were engaged. Like the players, it didn't look like they were unprepared. It looked like they just, they just got beat, Mm -hmm. you know, at times. So two thoughts. One, someone should call Steve Spurrier and ask him if it's okay to feel this way and just let him be the barometer there. But number two, if we can do a little psychoanalysis here, you know, the the Belk Bowl was different because it wasn't close, like you mentioned. It was a shutout. It was terrible. But I wonder if the the anxiety around that loss just was sort of a manifestation of just like fragility in general. Like that was the year after Carolina had beaten Michigan, or right in the bowl game. Correct. So it was a through two years. South, well, I guess what Will Muschamp and um, Shane Beamer now won the same amount of games in their first two years, right? Oops, I think fifteen and eleven. So, but different, you know. Still, that, well, that, that's yeah. that's the point that I'm making. It is, it's very different because they were they're programs that just based on wins and losses are in the same place. 
or should be theoretically. But I guess that was the end of year three. This is the end of year two. Um, there was reason to be optimistic, but when that belt bowl loss happened, it felt like the sky was falling. Why? Yes, it was because they got shut out and that was unsavory, but it's like there was a, a recognition that whatever had happened the year before was not sustainable. Next year will go a long way in determining how sustainable the first two years of progress have been for Shane Beamer. But right now the fan base seems to have a confidence that like, basically, yeah, you lost, but it's not the last time you'll be there or you will have other good bowls ahead of you. Whereas it felt like the Belk Bowl, it it felt like fans felt like that was the beginning of the end. It was like some underlying fragility there that that bowl game exposed. Yeah, and also for me, just looking at that game and looking at this game, I've been talking about the Golden Domes and all that. But in the football pecking order, you would say Notre Dame is ahead of us. Yes. And you would say Virginia is behind us. Yes. And so it felt didn't feel good to lose to a team that we thought we were supposed to be ahead of. Whereas losing to a team who perception-wise is ahead of us, it felt like, okay, we're we're we're, we're playing with the big boys now. So mm-hmm. just, a, just all perception is different. It's always going to be how we perceive things. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very interesting to just kind of, because obviously the bowl game had such a profound impact on how people felt in the offseason. I wonder if we get to like March and people will feel differently about this season, the way it ended or going in. I don't think that they will. You know, time will tell. I'm just I'm just curious how different this feels. I'm just even just rehashing that game in my mind. If I remember out watching it, sorry to keep going back there, but Virginia's offense was really ugly. I think they had a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball, and he was mm-hmm. kind of running. And it was just, it was 28 nothing. They scored maybe like seven points each quarter. <laughs> we looked like we were never going to score. It was just the most boring, defeating type of game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, it was yeah. a belt ball. It was like a couple of 500 teams. Well, and that, that's the thing. These are two top 25 teams. I thought it looked like both teams belonged in the same field. They were both pretty evenly matched. Um, I think it's partially just the difference between competing, being in a game where really it easily could have gone either way. And uh, I kind of took it as one of those games for me, not that either team played perfect. It was far from that. But just based on the competitive nature both sides played with, it's one of those games where I said, you know, both teams kind of deserve to win. Uh, somebody's got to lose the game. Um, it goes down as an L. It's still it's a missed opportunity for me because I do think if you win that game, there's a lot, whether you say it's an exhibition or not, there's a lot you could point to in recruiting. Oh, it's a win over Notre Dame. Um, you know, it's a ninth win this season. It continues the momentum. You know, I, I thought both from a big picture standpoint and within the game, there were lots of missed opportunities to put the game away when it felt like Carolina was in control. So mm-hmm. I, I don't completely dismiss it, but at the same time, I think most people just have sort of said, look, these are two teams that were both top 25. One was number 21, one was number 19. That feels right. It just felt like two differently structured but pretty even teams as far as the matchup goes, and, and that's the way it played out. There's one more to-be-determined data point that I think will be important as we get closer and closer to this offseason for South Carolina that I'll mention here in just a minute. Um, today is Tuesday, not Monday. And, Chris, does that mean that today's sub of the day is the Turkey Bacon Ranch? Absolutely. And Wes Mitchell and I in Jacksonville saw fit to go to Firehouse Subs while we were down there. Mm. Um, and I actually got the Turkey Bacon Ranch. It wasn't on Tuesday, but nice. that's what I was in the mood for. Um, so, yeah, today the daily sub special at any of the 14 Midlands locations of Firehouse Subs, $5.99 for a small, $7.99 for a medium. There's a sub for each day of the week. Uh, today, as you said, Pearson, the Turkey Bacon Ranch on Tuesday. 
or hit up the new prime rib steak sub. It's not of the sub of the day, but you should definitely check it out. You can order through the firehouse subs, uh, app, go to firehousesubs.com and do the rapid rescue, or you'll even get a link to order a firehouse sub. If you use the firehouse subs text line here at the, st- at the station, which is 803-404-6100. Text it, get a sub. Um, before we uh, get to the final data point that I think will be important as it pertains to this bowl game and South Carolina's upcoming offseason, I want to give you another chance to win some basketball tickets this time. South Carolina women's basketball taking on Auburn Thursday. That is the day after tomorrow. 7 o'clock tip. Be caller number 5. Same deal. 803-404-6100. Carolina 2-0 and after uh, a, a closer than probably expected game against Georgia last night, but they're still undefeated. Have a chance to keep that run going against Auburn Thursday, 7 o'clock, 803-404-6100. Caller number five, you win a pair of tickets. Good luck. More of the Extra Point coming up next on 107.5 The Game. Wow, 2022 flew by, but I sure am ready for 2023. My favorite way to start the new year is to make my home feel like new with Zeres carpet and air duct cleaning. Only Zeres uses the advanced patented process with ZR water for superior long-lasting clean. Right now, get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119 plus. Mention me, Bill Gunner, at 107.5 The Game, and you'll get a hallway cleaned for free. Easily schedule your cleaning online at ZeresColumbia.com. Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 107.5 The Game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Twelve minutes in front of noon. Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Wes, Preston, Chris, Jay, Tyler, the producer, all here in the Herndon Chevy Studios celebrating a new year. Happy 2023. Uh, Have any of you had to write a date on anything yet? I I had to this morning. had to think about it. Did you get it right? I got it right, but it was because I was writing a check, which I rarely have to write checks. What's that? I was dialed into how do I do this? Um, So Uh, I was focused. Is that that paper mobile deposit? Yeah. I blame Josh Yellman for me. Oh, yeah, Wes, I got the Ask Chris date correct today. Are you proud of me? I am. That's a rarity. Normally, <laughs> normally I miss the the day of the week or the date, sometimes both. Sometimes just the month is like, it'll be July for <laughs> randomly. July 3rd. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they'll be like, Chris. You haven't you had to write the date yet, Preston? Not yet. Are you going to get it right or wrong the first time? Uh... It's 50 50. Yeah. But it ha- that that's pretty much any time I'm writing a date. <laughs> that that was my new- <laughs> yeah. that was my New Year's resolution last year was to get the date right when I write it. Um, which is not that often because I don't have to write that much. But I barely got used to it being twenty twenty two and now it's twenty three. So what, do y'all do y'all remember when you were a kid, like <laughs> and you went to school, pretty much every morning you had to write you had to write your name and the date. They like were programming you to write that every day. I don't know why. Now we don't we don't do that. What's well, like cursive? It's like all. what? What? Why do I need this? They don't oh. teach it anymore. Oh, they're going to refuse to grade my paper in high school if I don't write in cursive. Okay. The historian in me dies now because <laughs> we can't we can't write cursive anymore. So now our kids can't read cursive. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so they can't read any of our wonderful documents that are 
great forefathers have read. Well, two things. One, cursive isn't that hard to read. Like an A still looks like an A. An A is not just like a triangle with four lines in it. Like it still looks kind of like the letter. But number two, I feel like the pragmatic education uh, educator in you would would appreciate not having to learn something that like you were only learning it for the sake of of learning it, right? Yeah, uh, this is a we have more stuff to talk about because the Gator Bowl is here, but <laughs> I remember my brother who's older than me when I first was learning cursive and I was looking at him writing. I was like, why don't you write in script, man? So cool. He's like, nah. And he was right. Hmm. Man. Um, can I run something else by you real quick while we're on no particular topic? Let's do it. Somebody called in earlier and was like, yeah, such and such is a senior, but I don't know what that means because I don't know how much eligible. Can we stop associating athletes with whatever academic class they are because one we know that the academia is just like a background noise setting thing and number two it it was a very very low percentage of this guy is a sophomore therefore he has this much eligibility left we need new verbiage yeah we're just gonna have to go with year ones year twos year threes yeah because even in in the recruiting realm when they start talking about rising and i get that all mixed up too so is he a year one? Is he a year three? What year is he? I just want to know how much eligibility he has. Oh, you want to know how many he has left? So yeah, you, so I don't, you I don't go care. backwards. So if yeah, he, so yeah. he starts off as a year six? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Just, just count infinity. Down? How many times do you get injured? Well, the, uh, the COVID year has, like, really yeah. made this difficult, too. Because you don't really know. Like, we were talking about announcements, but does a guy who is a quote-unquote senior but has the extra year, like, there is a and he walked senior day like well there is a question he could come back he could not come back and it's like is that newsworthy if he leaves is it newsworthy if he comes back is i mean yeah this whole thing is but it used crazy. to be like a freshman okay after this year you have 3 years of eligibility and it's like well now he's a freshman and he redshirted so he after this year he still has 4 years of eligibility and he's got the covid year and then he got injured this year that's how you end up with guys like JT Daniels and uh, Jason Brown playing seven years. Did y'all read the story about the Oregon tight end who who just got granted an eighth and ninth year of eligibility? Yep. Did not read it. Grow up. Get out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's going to catch Pops for, like, the <laughs> oldest player in college football, but he's just going to be playing the whole time. Pops was doing other stuff Man. in the meantime. Crazy. Um, okay. One more data point on the Gator Bowl, and this is, you know, win-loss. Like I said, put it in a shoebox. It's not on the mantelpiece. It's not in the trash can. Here's what might make a huge difference, though. You mentioned this is a top 25 matchup. If South Carolina losing this game cost them a spot in the top tw- in the final top 25, I feel like that's going to be significant. Or, or maybe said another way, a win or Carolina still finding a way to remain in the top 25 feels like it will be... Like, the season is what it was. Random outside descriptors don't, like, define the success or failure of a season. But just in terms of something you put on a billboard, something that Shane Beamer says when he walks into somebody's living room, finishing in the top 25, whether or not that happens for for South Carolina is the only last significant missing piece of information on the Skater Bowl. Agree. agree. Yeah. I uh, I think um, it's one of those things you certainly point to. And e- even if Notre Dame is, what, they were an eight-win team coming in, mm-hmm. even if they're important. not a national title contender, you still say, hey, we beat Notre Dame, and you emphasize that. So I, yeah. I think there were some missed opportunities there this game. Well, but, uh, yeah. Do they finish in the top 25, or does this loss have them just on the outside? I, I don't know, honestly. Um, generally, the bowl games, if you compete, doesn't really move the needle a ton, I mm-hmm. don't think. So I think they still got a shot to be right at the 
edge of 25, but also I don't know what the other teams did off the top of my head. And I I would think people I, – I think so, yes. And then does it affect, like, the thinking for next year even, you know, like preseason, mm-hmm. top 25? I think that's going to depend on – I don't think the bowl game would even move that the needle for that that much. Mm-hmm. And also depends on returning personnel, you know, for next season as well. Yeah, which I imagine we'll have some news on this week. Could be. Could be. Well, at, at least by January 16th. Feel yeah, pretty we, good that we we'll have some information then. Yep. about some NFL guys uh, for South Carolina. We won't speculate on that anymore, but what we will do is uh, see how we all did on buy or sell, I think. We got time? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I thought we were out of time. Um, we make time for buy or sell, Wes. Well, really, as we expected. I, I don't think we have time, honestly. But again, shout out to our friend Kendall Walsh. She's our realtor. Uh, she can be yours as well. But we're going to have to fight it out. For the trick plays? Because it comes down to trick plays. Um, we all bought 52 points or more, which was Yeah, true. Notre Dame almost hit that on their own. We all bought Carolina was going to win. All right. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, we all bought juice targets, 12 and a half. What was the official target count? What, he had six catches or five? I think it was about nine, okay. maybe. So we all got uh, that one wrong. Pearson and I bought 3.5. Trick plays or more, and y'all sold. So, Preston, you, you had a you had a running tally. You were texting me. Mm-hmm. I had a tally, and I was at two point five, but I'm not sure how accurate that was. Wait, okay. depending how on how did you count a play for a half <laughs> see, a trick play? See, that's 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 where the two point five okay. came in because there was a. A lateral-ish play? Do I remember? Am I remembering It was a, it was a double reverse pass. Double? Carolina ran in the second quarter, I think. That counted. Correct? I counted that, yeah. Yeah. That was half to you? That was a half one. Okay. I think that counted as a half one. But okay, do we have cool. an official count on trick plays? We, we don't. Well, I so figured, there was I that one. we were going to fight it out. Notre have... Dame ran the fake punt. Mm-hmm. Carolina, Carolina ran the fake field goal. goal. Jinx. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was another if you're, one. If you're throwing passes downfield to your defensive end... No, nah, see, I, I don't count that. Well, of course you don't, because y'all sold. <laughs> well, we got well, even, even right I, moments. even I'm sympathetic. I think to the sell case here, because that was just a personnel decision you had to make, right? Because you had to have yeah. big bodies to play tight end for you, kind of. I mean, I mean, look, you, you know, you I want to count defensive that. end. Him, him throwing the pass against Tennessee was a trick play. They weren't lined up in like the pods formation, though. They were just lined up in a regular formation, right? From what I remember, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought what there was remember? another one, though. There was, had to be more. That was a good witness answer, from what I remember. Was, was the tight? <laughs> now, okay, here's one. And I will say this is not a trick play. The throwback pass to the tight end. Is that nah. a quarter, Preston? Nah, not a trick play. Yeah, not me neither. Play. Me neither. Just wanted to make sure. It wasn't like 1910 when like play action was invented. <laughs> the play pass. action. It's a trick play. Um, man. What, were there any other nominees? Are we going to land right at there? If so, three and a half was a terrific over-under. And if it's three and a half, that means good. Chris and I won, correct? Yeah, that's right. Well, and you'll have to fight each other to see who won between the two of you, but we'll do that. I'm going to go back and review off. the tape. Yeah, <laughs> okay. We'll have a final ruling on this tomorrow. Um, I, I, I really... Because I remembered thinking at halftime there were three, and then Notre Dame ran the fake punt in the second half. Mm. 
yeah, I need to. I, I should have should have gone and looked for this last night. Which there should be a rule that nobody can run trick plays against us. We run the trick plays. Yeah, right, right. That's what Pete Limbo's doing? thing. Come on, that's our thing. We have the, all the trick plays. You yeah. can't run them. We'll have a final ruling on that tomorrow. Appreciate you all listening. Uh, if you have any more thoughts on the Gator Bowl, we can get some of those. We'll, we'll start to talk a little bit more about the offseason. No guarantees that we will have news necessarily, but some of the player movement that continues. Of course, we'll start to get uh, more and more into the national championship at, matchup as we get closer to that. That's all we have time for. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Happy New Year. Happy Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow, and the halftime show is coming up next. WNKTFM, Eastover, Columbia. 107.5 The Game, a cumulus station. I thought it was a rash, but my doctor said it was a tick bite. Ticks can spread Lyme disease and other illnesses leading to chronic health issues. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.